You got 99 cents, right? What if I told you get your hands on a product that you're really going to love for 99 cents? Uh, I've been talking to you about it for a while. It's called Sweat Block. I, I, I would never do, hey, you want to do a deodorant and antiperspirant commercial? No, no, I don't. I do this commercial because this is a remarkable product. I, I don't know. It's witchcraft. If you, if you just try the wipes, you're going to be hooked. They're that good. Uh, well, I've said that on the air, and uh, the, um, the, uh, the results are remarkable. The wipes now are in a starter package for free because, you know, they, they, they know now that uh, people will use the wipes as opposed to the underarm uh, stick, which they also make. And is really good. But the wipes, you use it once every like five days. It's unbelievable. Really unbelievable. 99 cents, you can get your hands on both of those. Uh, starter package, sweat block wipes for free. Do it now. Try sweatblock.com. Try sweatblock.com. Welcome to the program. Steve Dace, who is a Blaze TV host on the Steve Dace Show. Uh, he is currently the author of the number one children's book in the country, which we'll talk to him about. But I really want to talk to him because he has been super optimistic about not a red wave, but a red tsunami. Two weeks ago, it sounded really hopeful. I wanted to believe him. Now I actually do believe him. Uh, he's he's going to line out what he thinks is happening in the election and what is coming our way in 60 seconds. We can all laugh at the, uh, you know, the idea of a nuclear war, you know, but we are probably closer to it now than we have been in decades, maybe even ever. And that's only the worst case scenario. We're still looking at a possible war. Uh, we're looking at potential food shortages in this country already that's already happening overseas and it's all intentionally mismanaged um by the world economic forum by our own government their inflationary economy and shutting down pipelines and not drilling for oil anymore it's hard to laugh anymore because it's not funny it's becoming very very real stock up while you can go to mypatriotsupply.com you'll get 250 dollars off the three-month emergency food kit from my patriot supply that makes um, easy to make uh, breakfasts lunch dinners drinks snacks 2,000 calories a day all all right there for you uh, to use with your family it'll keep your strength your energy it ships in unmarked boxes and uh, how much is food gonna cost you 
when things get dicey, <laughs> even just with inflation. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Steve, how are you doing, my man? I'm good, brother. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm always better when I talk to you, uh, at least this time around. Because... <laughs> Be- I'm usually the merchant of death. That just this is just really throwing me off, but I yeah, appreciate it. I know. I mean, you're giving me a lot of hope here, and so I want you to sing, bird, sing. <laughs> uh, tell me what you think is happening in this uh, election, and what you see as uh, the outcome. Well, to quote uh, the great prophet Emperor Palpatine, this is all proceeding exactly as I have foreseen it. Yeah, uh, when, <laughs> right. <laughs> when, when we when we got together two weeks ago, I, I told you that I, for our special here on Blaze TV, the Wednesday night special on the election, I, I told yeah. you that I saw three factors that were going to take this beyond a wave to a tsunami. Now, what's a wave? Traditional wave elections and midterms, the party that won the presidency, um, their base is more fired up. The other side's base, I should say, is more fired up. And then swing voters in the suburbs are either annoyed or the economy is not going well and they swing, you know, one way or the other. That's a traditional wave election like what the Democrats had in 2018, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What we are looking at here is a convergence of three outlier factors. Number one. Trump's rural MAGA base, like in a state like where I live, Iowa, Glenn, we had 33 counties that voted for Obama once or twice that voted for Trump twice. And, that, and, and, and so a lot of us did the work on the ground in Iowa to, to turn it from a blue to a lean red state. Trump made it a solidly red state. And in places like Iowa, those rural MAGA counties that are not necessarily Republican counties, but they are staying in the Republican fold despite not having, a, having Trump to vote for. That's number one. All right. Number two. Um, we are looking at record low turnout uh, of blacks across the country. Uh, and if you want to know how much that matters, look at uh, Wisconsin in 2016. Everybody says Hillary lost that state because she never visited it. And that's partly true. What's mainly true is that there were 20,000 fewer black voters in Milwaukee County in 2016 than there were in 2012 for Obama. And that was almost the entirety of Trump's margin of victory in the state right there. Mm. So Hillary still got 91 percent of the black vote. Everybody always looks at the size of the slice of the pie. It's not the size of the slice of the pie, Glenn. It's the size of the pie. All right. Black turnout is down economically. They've been crushed by Democratic policies. And culturally, they are just not down with the trans agenda and what's a girl and woman. So but just you, not down with that. But you do have uh, an all of government program to get people registered and to get out to vote. Now, that's not, you know, they're not equally looking for that that white farmer. They are trying to get uh, and boost the vote uh, for the Democrats. And that's an all of government with, I don't even know how many hundreds of millions or billions of dollars that have been spent in just the last two years for this. Correct. But if you look at states that have high black Democrat voter populations, California, Florida, I'm hearing from little birdies of mine on the ground there. Early voting numbers are way down in those communities. Um, and then and, and you can see that in Biden's almost record low approval for a Democrat with black voters. Now, because of historical divisions, those black voters are not yet prepared to migrate positively to the GOP. That's not the case with Hispanic voters. And, and so this gets us to the third factor. I think we're looking at a record migration of Hispanic voters that are not just going to be a depressed block because they're upset with Democrats, but affirmatively move into the Republican column. And I'll, mm. I'll just give you one example that I saw this morning. Connecticut District 5 is a district that even in a year when Republicans picked up 14 House seats in 2020, 
Democrats won that seat by 11.5 points. It has a 21 percent Hispanic vote in Connecticut five. That's a I mean, that's like 40 percent higher than the Hispanic population nationwide. All right. So a large Hispanic uh, block here. Poll out of that district just came out this morning that had the Republican candidate ahead. Now, I don't know if the Republican candidate can win Connecticut five. But if Democrats are defending Connecticut five, then that just goes to show you um, what is cataclysmically happening across the country. And I'm going to make a prediction right now for your audience. When you and I are anchoring Blaze TV's election night coverage here. So I'll hold you accountable. I'll blame you. I'll blame you and your optimistic spirit that you just tubed all of this and put a jinx on it. (laughs) If you don't get this right. I don't do optimism. I just do what I see. Right. right? People know that. Um, when we're sitting here on election night, when we get ready to sign off on, on 12 days from now here on Blaze TV, when you and I sign off, Glenn, we will be talking about the possibility that every gen, major Gen X figure in the Democratic Party other than Gavin Newsom was just wiped out of office. Wow. I'm talking, I'm talking every, every major current, when you think of people they are grooming for national office, the, the Gretchen Whitmers, et cetera, of the world, that, that almost every one of them that was up for election or re-election in this campaign, in this cycle, that are known entities, almost all their Gen X leadership, except for Gavin Newsom, wiped out by the time you and I sign off on. It's amazing because they already had a terrible bench. <laughs> if they lose bench. all these people, horrible I don't bench. know where they would go. And we exactly. are gaining really amazing Kamala people. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's where they go. So so you're expecting, I mean, uh, with the Republicans, uh, they have eight gubernatorial seats. Democrats have six gubernatorial seats that are not up for uh, reelection. You see mm-hmm. the Democrats, uh, what, gaining? I think, I think. Right. Well, right now, what's funny is real clear politics is beginning to catch up with me now. Um, and I think it's because about two weeks ago, real clear politics announced basically uh, a polling integrity project in 2000. And, and so I, I, this is for my man, Stu, who's sitting next to you. OK, <laughs> because I, 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 I empathize with Stu. I am. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm a recovering mainstream polling addict. OK, and I have a problem. Okay? And, and so I, I had to wean myself off of this. Uh, and here's what can do that. Actual data in 2020, guys, the national and keep in mind, this is a presidential election with, with two candidates that have 100 percent name ID. Everybody knows them. They're cemented. And it's a higher turnout election should be easier to actually pull that than a lower turnout midterm. In 2020, the polls that made up the real clear politics polling average were off on the national race by an average of almost five points. Well outside the margin for error. The state battleground state polling was off even worse than that. So if they were that far off in a high turnout, high name, the highest name ID election maybe in American history between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, where are they with fluctuations of smaller demographics and smaller turnouts in midterms? And I think Real Clear Politics two weeks ago started looking at the integrity of its own polling average. And lo and behold, once they did that, their forecast started looking a lot like mine. Yeah, their, their forecast, forecast I, we were just going over it. Their forecast now is is a shockingly uh, optimistic. Exa- I mean, it, it is it reads very close to yours. There's no point in reading anything that any polling that is done and aggregated by 538. At this point, Nate Silver has just decided to suck at his gig or got bought off. 
None of that makes any difference. You have to follow basically four or five polls on a national level that have proven they can identify the MAGA or Trump vote in this. And they're not all Rasmussen and Trafalgar. Uh, places like Investors Business Daily uh, and Emerson College have shown they're very good at it. And I would urge audiences that want to follow polling to look at their outlets. Uh, on a state level, there's a few more because you have a few more that are local that haven't completely given themselves over yet. And then you have to look at the environment and you have to you have to understand when we're seeing situations with historically Hispanic border counties that have held out of joining Republicans in a state like Texas that that has been red since Ann Richards was retired. So we're talking almost an entire generation now and they have held out blue, 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 blue. When they suddenly go red, it's not because they're conforming to some Texas red state cultural identity. Something they've held out through all of that. Something new has occurred that has prompted this. And I and I think what's happening with Hispanics here is similar to what happened with black voters from 1948 to 1964. In 19 or, or in 1948, Harry Truman upset Thomas Dewey because we didn't poll black voters back then. And he desegregated the military and got a record amount of black voters, almost 40 percent. And that was really his margin of victory. And then in 1964, after Kennedy called MLK and, and then LBJ did the Great Society and the Voting Rights and Civil Rights Act, that was that completed the migration of black voters from Republican to Democrat. Black voters right now have swiped right on their phones. They're looking, I'm sorry, Hispanic voters are, particularly Gen X and younger with families. They're assimilated. They don't want any more drug mules from El Salvador coming to the country. They don't want any more fentanyl coming in. They left those countries to get away from those elements. They are interested in the Republican Party message. They're going to vote in a wave for Republicans this fall. That generation will. And then what will happen moving forward is, just like LBJ consummated that marriage with blacks by delivering policies that they wanted, like the Voting Rights Act, Republicans, if they do that with Hispanics, if they, if they don't chuckle, follow through on their promises like Carrie Lake to declare an invasion, if they follow through on, we're cracking down on crime meaningfully. All right, we're going to get rid of the groomer stuff in the school. My, a buddy of mine is doing Hispanic outreach on the ground in a major battleground state. So that's the number one swing issue for Hispanic voters, that right there. All right. If they follow through on those things, they have a chance with Gen X and millennial Hispanics to consummate a generational marriage. But they but they have to deliver for them after the election, Glenn, like LBJ did for blacks. Yeah, that's the problem with Republicans. Uh, all right. Um, back in just a second, we were talking to Steve Dace from the Steve Dace show on Blaze TV. You can hear him every day on Blaze TV and radio right after this uh, program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, let me tell you a little bit about uh, American Financing and why you should go there. Uh, right now, they are saving the average person about uh, $695 a month. $695 a month just for calling in and saying, hey, can you help me with my credit cards or consolidation loans or maybe even just locking into a lower interest rate for my uh, my mortgage because I had a variable rate. Get out of the variable rates. If you can, uh, American financing is your home for home loans. And I want you to call them today. Don't take my word for it. Although all of us, Sarah has used them. Stu has used them. I have used them. Um, this is not, you know, we don't, we don't talk about things that we don't use or don't believe in, but I want you to do your own homework. 
American Financing. Call them at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. 10-second station ID. So, uh, boy, the Democrats are really reeling from uh, Fetterman, although he raised about $2 million after the debate, uh, which just is shocking to me. Um, What do you think is going to happen in Pennsylvania? Uh, I think we have to get outside the margin of cheating or chicanery. Yeah. And I think we are approaching it. In fact, I think we have approached it so, um, uh, so... Really cosmically here, we're looking at whether Lee Zeldin is now outside the margin of cheating, that they couldn't even, shall we say, fortify the election in New York State. Um, I don't really follow uh, and and I would urge audiences to not care too much about how much money Democratic candidates raise along these lines. They are outspending sometimes 10 to 1, and it's not making a difference. No, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, John Ossoff, for example, wasn't even when he ran in that special election against Karen Handel in Georgia a few years ago. He didn't even live in that district. He got to one million uh, donors before Barack Obama even did in his first presidential race. I mean, they have a very cultic following. They donate and it's very strong. They don't donate to the DNC. So it also doesn't matter that the RNC outrages the DNC. They donate directly to their candidates and their causes out of pocket. And since a lot of them work very opulent jobs or subsidy jobs, don't have as many children as we do, they've got a lot more discretionary spending. And so I think the Pennsylvania Senate race ended this week. I think the question actually becomes whether there is enough of a, of a, of a tsunami there that now it carries Doug Mastriano over the finish line over the objection of Carl Rove, who is actually funding the TV ads for the Democrats. How is that? Why? Why is he doing that? Who he's always, he's who he's always been. This is not new. I just think we didn't want to pay attention to certain things for the last 20 years, but this is, what is his reason? How is he coming out and saying it? What is he saying about this? This is insane. Because the, 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 this is, the people that run the Republican Party or are on their way to no longer running it, the way things are trending, these are people that would rather lose to Democrats than lose control to your audience, Glenn. That's why. True. This is, this is, this is why in two presidential runs, Mitt Romney and John McCain said worse things about their Republican candidates in their primaries than they ever did their Democratic opponents when they got into the general election. I mean, you can you are in politics, the hills you're willing to die on and those you are willing to take out. That really ultimately defines who you are. And so, you know, he can do all the whiteboards on Fox News that he wants. But in the end, you are um, who you're willing to take out. And and the fact that having Josh Shapiro as the governor of Pennsylvania um, is more preferable to Karl Rove tells you all you need to know. Yeah, well, I I never if I'm not mistaken, I never had Karl Rove on at uh fox i'm trying to remember uh, not, not often if it yeah was not at often all, yeah. at all and that was one of the problems is i i had more problems from the right uh pushing uh roger ailes because mm-hmm. i would take on the republicans whoa 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 come mm-hmm. on glenn just don't and i was i was told you know your pro- you know what your problem is you won't play the game no i won't yes. i won't because it's not yeah. a game it's not a game. It's a losing. It's a, it's a losing game now, and we're playing. A, we're playing for what's called civilization now. There is, we're literally voting for sanity this year. Literally, that's literally what we're voting for. Is are we a sane people 
or not. That is literally the main issue on the ballot. Every definable thing of a civilization that you could imagine has been destroyed, deconstructed, warped. We are literally voting on whether we are still a sane and rational people. I mean, just just as an example, what happens when you go insane? We've been fighting this alleged war against Putin here since February, right? So the the new Adam Kinzinger prime minister, because they tried Mitt Romney, that didn't Mm -hmm. work. They went to Lisa Murkowski, that didn't work. So now they're going to try Adam Kinzinger as the prime minister over there in the UK. He's going to announce later today a fracking ban. So let me get this straight. We are standing up to Putin by uh, giving him more dominion over the world's energy supply. Help me understand that. But we did that with our own domestic production. The EU already did it. UK is now about to do it. That is literally insane. Absolutely. We used to have to tell governments during wars, Glenn, not to strip mine their resources. Okay. Now we have to tell them to use them, Glenn. Okay. This is insane. <laughs> it is. We have, we have gone standing. absolutely nuts. Hey, Steve, before you go, um, I want to ask you about the Michigan race. You were, that was the one state you were a little skeptical on the organization up there and what was going to happen in Michigan. What do you, do you, are you optimistic on Michigan now? I am optimistic on Michigan. Right. I think that what has happened there is Tudor's performance in the very first debate um, and, and, and the way that she catalyzed issues there, yeah. the way, and, and the way that that, I think she's being outspent up there. She told me last week, like 20 to one. Mm. All right. But the way that she catalyzed those issues that were there, that was probably a $50 million level appearance. If we translated that into campaign dollars and, and now you're look, you're looking at Michigan. This is a state, by the way, where almost as many union households voted in 2020 as white evangelicals. Um, and it, it, Whitmer won by 10 points in 2018 when she first got elected. And I just mentioned Tudor's been outspent about 20 to one on TV. I think if the election in Michigan were held today, I think that she would win. Yeah, real clear. Politics just said she's going to win. She's going to be on with me in uh, about uh, half an hour. Um, by the way, uh, hang on over the break because I, I have some more things to talk to you about, including your your number one children's book on Thanksgiving, which I am so grateful for. So grateful for. Thank you for that. Um, do you think um, I just did an hour long uh, sit down with uh, Carrie Lake? I really like her and I think she's the real deal. What's your mm-hmm. take on her? Whenever Carrie Lake comes on TV, two things come to mind. And, you know, I'm a pop culture buff. Number one. That scene in the um, It's a Wonderful Life, when Violet walks down the street wearing that dress. Yeah, okay? yeah. You know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. And then Bert, and Bert says, I got to go home and see what the wife's doing. Right. Uh, and the second thing is um, Randy, the score of the natural. She is a natural. Mm. She's Roy Hobbs. Okay. Um, back in just a second with uh, Steve Dace uh, on why Thanksgiving. Important message. And then Tudor Dixon is joining us. Stand by. It's a packed program. The Glenn Beck Program. So Jackie wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, uh, we ordered a sample bag of Rough Greens that you were talking about. And our little Chihuahua. Oh, that's cute. It's not really a dog, but it's cute. She used to take forever eating her food. People with pets, they get so angry at such little things. But they're really not dogs. Uh, Now she gobbles it down and actually begs for her food every night. Uh, In fact, she said, Anyway, her energy is up and she runs up and down the stairs easier than she ever has. It's a wonderful product. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you for writing it. I'm sorry. I just did a mood. Um, This is a 
This is a, uh, a supplement that you put on your dog's food, and it has vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. Now, I had a problem with Uno. He just wouldn't eat. But the, the lasting effects of feeding Uno uh, Rough Greens is not only that he'll eat, but he is so much healthier. And he is, I don't know, he just has a lot. He's like a puppy again. Get your first bag free. Just try it. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash Beck or 833-GLEN33. You need access to Steve Dace's show as part of your subscription to Blaze TV. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program on election night. I am going to be uh, hosting the election coverage and I've got everybody that has something really important to say on the uh, panel and it'll be coverage like you will not get anywhere else steve dace is uh, an important role in that and an important voice in america today uh, and he joins us. He is also the author of the number one children's book, Why Thanksgiving. Steve, before we get into the book, because oh, I know we're going to do that here in a second, I want to test the Steve Dace line here. Where, mm-hmm. as far as optimism goes, you start on the easy ones, right? You don't believe any of this, these couple of polls that show Grassley is close in Iowa, right? I think it will be closer than the Reynolds race. Mm-hmm. But he won't lose. He won't you, lose. You have to understand, people need to understand the congruency of elections. Like I've been saying all along, if Brian Kemp wins by eight points in Georgia, there is no way Herschel Walker will lose. And people give me anecdotal emails. You have to quantify data, Stu. In 2014, that Georgia Senate race was decided by eight points. All right. So, so for people to know how many votes that is, that was almost 300,000 votes. In this environment, there are not 300,000 people in Georgia who are like, you know, I really don't want Stacey Abrams for my governor, but I want her uh, phallus-bearing clone for senator. There's, that doesn't happen in this <laughs> right, environment. Right, okay? right. And so there, there, that's where we get into things we used to call coattails. All right. And mm-hmm. so if Grassley was by himself at the top of the ticket and it was an environment like 2018, there's enough disgust with him that there could be an upset. Mm. Um, I think he will get fewer votes than our popular governor, Kim Reynolds, who has earned her popularity, but she will carry him across the finish line. Okay. Then we have the next batch of races, leaning GOP, North Carolina, Florida with Rubio, Ohio, J.D. Vance, and Mike Lee in Utah. Any problems there? I think, uh, ironically, I think the only one that there is a problem there is actually in Utah uh, because of the quirkiness there. Um, And of course, this is something you guys could speak to more than me, but my knowledge of it from the outside looking in is that there's actually division in the church there. Uh, There is. Putting their thumb on the scale, trying to get rid of Mike Lee. Uh, They want more of a woke church and things of that nature. Um, And so of all, uh, there's an outlier there where McMuffin has cast himself (laughs) outside of the Republican Democrat environment. So of all of those, the one, the only one I'm actually really worried about is that one. And when you say really Jeez. worried, like, because I mean, you were at 54, I think, on the special uh, the other mm-hmm. day, which would include mm-hmm. the toss-up races with Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, Nevada, uh, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. But you're you're more worried about Lee than those races because I'd probably give I'd probably give McMuffin 35 to 40 percent odds to win, and in a state mm. of that magnitude, that's that red. 
those are actually fairly decent odds, meaning I would not pick him to win, right. but it's not a terrible bet either. Right, okay. So the next, we're, we're, when we're looking for the Steve Dace line here. You're how, dead to me, Utah. You're dead to me. <laughs> how optimistic would you be? The next batch, I guess, would be Colorado and Washington. Do you mm-hmm. see any hope in those races? Yeah, I mean, Colorado really is the last truly 50-50 state left in the country. There, there's, a, there's a slate of states, uh, Stu, that we kind of, we did, Trump didn't grow the GOP base. He just kind of, uh, he, he shifted it. Mm-hmm. All right? And so the base became less suburban and more rural. And so there were states like in the upper Midwest where I live, where you have five or six counties that are Haight-Ashbury, and then the rest of the state is Alabama. All right, he helped us in those states. But in the suburban-driven states, Arizona, Colorado, um, uh, Nevada, we, we, those used to be lean red or solidly red states uh, or, or swing states. He flipped them lean blue. And so in this cycle, without him on the ballot, you are seeing all of those states very competitive again. In fact, in my latest projection I put out Tuesday, I actually forecasted Colorado as an upset. Mm, holy cow. Now, okay, so that pretty- would put us up to what in the Senate? Because here's the thing with Colorado that's unique. It's the one state with major urban centers where there's a larger Hispanic population than black population. So keep okay. that in mind so, about Colorado and places like Denver. Okay, yeah. so quickly, what does that put us up to in Senate count? That's 55, uh, I right? Think it's, I think 55 is reasonable. Okay, how many of the new guys are Mike Lees and how many of them are Romneys? Um, I would say most of them are probably in between. Uh, and, and this is where, this is really, I hate to, get, let me get all biblical here for a second, but this is where you got to get rid of the yeast of the Pharisees. I think that, yes. I think there's not very many Romneys. I think that if you had a different type of leader, uh, for example, I think if Ted Cruz was the Senate majority leader, there's about another 20 senators that would go from, a, from B or C minus conservative review, Liberty scores to yeah. B pluses or A minuses. They're just agree. followers. Uh, so you need, you, we need Trump to put his thumb on, no one will challenge cocaine ditch unless Trump puts his thumb on the scale and says, I want that guy gone. And I think we need Trump to do that. Okay. So, um, Lessing, um, I want to talk to you about your book, and I'm sorry to make it uh, the last thing here, because it is great, and I can't, tell, I can't thank you enough for putting this out and making it a number one book. Uh, it is the number one children's book now. It's Why Thanksgiving. Why? Yeah, my, our, our publi- my publisher came to me a year ago and asked me if I wanted to do uh, you know, children's books on American history. And I'm like, well, hasn't that been done a million times? I mean, Rush had Rush Revere. How are we going to do better than that? And, and I've never done a children's book. And so I said, well, you know what? If we could do it differently, uh, how about America's Christian heritage? Would you be willing to do that? And they said, yeah, where do you want to start? And so, you know me, I'm a pretty logical guy. So I think things start at the start, you know, <laughs> at the beginning. Okay. So, I mean, the, the, the Puritans, that's where it starts. I mean, and, and uh, so this really, this is the history when you and I when were growing up and we watched the, the, you know, the Peanuts Thanksgiving special as kids. Right. There used to be a second half hour that was the actual history of Thanksgiving. They don't put that on national TV anymore. And so a lot of this is, is putting that history back in the, the, the providential odds that they would travel thousands of miles across the English Channel to a place they had never been before, that few had visited, few white people had ever visited, Europeans, and just so happened to find an indigenous guy named Squanto who knew English and knew about their religion because Christian uh, abolitionists had saved him from a slave trade many years ago. The odds of that are beyond needle in a haystack. And that, that really is the beginning of the providential history of this country. Yeah. And, and so I wanted to put the history back in that the spirit of the age has taken out 
Um, and it links all the way through biblical history and how that links up to that as well. Um, and I was very worried about how it was going to turn out. I've never done this before. I, I will tell you, Glenn, I write a lot of books, as you do, almost all of them in one take. I did like eight takes of this book trying to water it down for four-year-olds to understand. It was not easy. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very pleased with how it came out. And it's, it's, it was meant to be a pilot. If it works, then we do a series of these. And we are blown away by how successful yeah. this debut has been. So thanks to everybody for that. Well, um, I thank you for your work on that. And uh, also, I just, just want to point out, you say you, you had many takes on this because you had to dumb it down to four-year-olds. That is exactly... Uh, what our college textbooks look like now on uh, on Thanksgiving, except it's mm, pilgrims bad, everyone yes. else good. Yes. Yeah. Before I go, I've got to say one more thing to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you you will get this. The rest of the audience won't. But I want to say this to you in front of your audience. Okay. <laughs> very soon, I am going to show you a certain movie, and you are going to be very pleased. Really. Yes. How soon? Probably in the next 30 to 40 days. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yeah, the audience won't understand that, but uh, I'm thrilled. Thrilled. You will be very pleased. All right. Thanks so much. Steve Dace. You got it, brother. Yeah, all right. Steve will be uh, on the network here following this broadcast uh, at 12 o'clock Eastern Time. You just have to uh, join the Blaze, listen to Blaze Radio or watch Blaze TV, and you can uh, grab his show every day. All right, if you want to get your skin to look years younger, Genucel's skin care is the way to go. They have awesome products. That's what April from Rockport, Illinois, had to say. And it's very close to what you're going to be saying when you try out Genucel's most popular package and start looking years younger with Genucel skincare. Right now, that most popular package is 70% off when you go to genucel.com slash Beck. Treat yourself to the only skincare products you'll ever need. Genucel is so confident you'll love the look that every order has a 120-day money-back guarantee. For a limited time, you also get their correcting serum free with your order. Check it out today. Genucel has delighted happy customers for years, including my wife and my mom, by treating tens of millions of everyday skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dark skin, sagging jawlines, facial redness, and even those annoying bags and puffiness for men and women just like you. And with its immediate effects, Genucel guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. You can order now. Genucel.com slash back. Your most popular package includes a complimentary gift set plus free express shipping. It's genucel.com slash Beck, genucel.com slash Beck, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck program. We have Tudor Dixon on with us uh, next. She's running for the gubernatorial spot uh, against Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, Lord, please. Um, Whitmer uh, just uh, have, has, has gone out to announce a uh, $236 million taxpayer-funded bet on uh, an electric battery. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Our Next Energy, an electric vehicle battery startup uh, that plans to build a factory in the Great Lakes State. Okay, so she was proud 
in the, be at the ribbon cutting ceremony. Uh, and she lauded our next energy as innovative, historic, and cutting edge. Except the CEO. The CEO kind of, before he launched our next energy, he was the top executive at um, another battery maker, A123 Systems. Do, do you remember um, A123? Hmm. Year later, uh, A123 secured a uh, $249 million grant from the Obama administration. And uh, President Obama said, man, this is going to help power the American economy for years to come. Unfortunately, A123 lost uh, $269 million during an eight-month period just in 2012. Uh, and uh, they're kind of out of luck. They're, they're gone. Well, they're not completely gone. They declared bankruptcy, and then they were sold to a Chinese automotive conglomerate. So oh. it's good. It's good. So <laughs> How many times will we go down that particular road where the government throws hundreds of millions of dollars at some crazy project? It all dissolves. There's a new one that just talked about in California with the same thing. Tons of money. They throw at these companies or projects they completely blow up in their face cost 10 times as much and then we just do it again the next time around just keep throwing money at the same ideas that fail over and over and over and over again it's incredible it's incredible that this happens as they were in bankruptcy as they were in bankruptcy the government gave them another 129 million dollars they're in bankruptcy and they give them that that's great that is no seriously it's uh great it's great. And uh, mm. Whitmer is, um, you know, all in, all in. So that's good. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how that's going to play with failing schools. Whitmer came out again, I think it was yesterday, and said, look, if you have little babies in the house, your kids might want to wear masks. <laughs> what? <laughs> what world do we live in? By the way, she said, what was it, three months was her big pitch? Oh, we only closed schools for three months. In uh, no. in uh, January of 2021, which would be 10 months, basically, mm -hmm. after the pandemic really hit us, mm -hmm. uh, that she there, still it was between 20 and 40% of schools were open in Michigan. So, I mean, she is just blatantly lying about this and just hoping the people of Michigan just don't. Care memories? I, I, yeah, I, I just think don't care. But I think what people are caring about is how bad their students are doing now. This the, the the you know vacation for a year. Yeah, that some of these kids had is just it's destroying them. Really, really bad. And one of the things that's I think really key to remember about this particular election is this is the first one that exists since COVID. We forget that it feels like a zillion years ago that all this was happening, but these governors who made all these decisions about your life during the COVID era, with the exception of like Virginia, right, which has mm -hmm. already had, New Jersey's had a chance to do this, but everybody else, this is their first chance to say anything with their votes about what happened in that period. Did your governor handle this well? We, I think people in Florida are saying, yeah, I think he, he did handle this well, but if you're in Michigan... This is your opportunity to say, you know, I didn't really appreciate that period all that much. Right. You know, this is, if you think about it this way, there will almost, it's almost impossible to believe there would be a more important decision that a governor 
will ever make than what they did with your freedom during that pandemic. Mm -hmm. There probably will be no more crucial decision that impacts lives more than what they did then. You got the ultimate test from your governor as to whether they were able to step up to that moment. And some of these governors are still doing it. Mm -hmm. They're still doing it. Still doing it. And, you know, I got to tell you, if you are still in your house and you're wearing a mask and you're so freaked out, but you don't have, you know, you're not somebody on chemotherapy to where your immune system is compromised, you should be wearing it, not for COVID, for everything, I guess. But these, but there are people who are still afraid to leave their homes mm-hmm. in some of these states. And Gavin it, Newsom is betting, right, that people, because there's so many people on the left in California, they'll say, okay, well, you know, I guess we liked that. We liked that life. And that's fine. If that's the life you want, you should reelect Gavin Newsom. If you want a life where you're locked up all the time and he's out of fancy restaurants, then you go ahead and reelect the guy. But in a lot of these states like Michigan, where... I think should, in normal circumstances, lean a little bit blue, but are somewhat purple type states. Gretchen Whitmer's got to be looking at her history. I mean, Kathy Hochul is another one, right? Like, yes, she was not the governor who did most of the damage during that. She was the lieutenant governor at the time. But, you know, Andrew Cuomo, shouldn't somebody answer for this? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew Cuomo and her both did a terrible job through well, that. Well, now situation. she's getting now. She, now her friends are getting rich, yeah. off of COVID. Yep. Now she's she's directing state funds, mm-hmm. so it goes to her big supporters and her friends. Yeah. I mean, mm. this has got to stop. End the madness. End the madness. November eighth. It's going to take every single one of us out. And bringing our friends, they were like, I don't know. Does it really matter? Yes, it does. Bring your friends to the ballot box, November 8th. The Glenn Beck Program.